Good morning. Now, maybe you've heard of this, right? It's the new trend in kindness taking the nation by storm. It's called paying it forward. Now, picture this. A man drives up to the coffee shop, drive through at Starbucks, pays for his coffee, looks at the barista and says, hey, here's an extra $3. I'll pay for the person behind me. She says, okay. He drives off. The next person comes in. The barista tells him, sir, the person in front of you was kind enough to pay for your coffee this morning. He says, wow, how kind. You know what? I'll pay the for, for the person behind me. And the next person does the same thing, and so on and so forth, until we have a chain of 50 people paying for each other's coffee. How kind is that? How great and how awesome, right? Kindness abounds. Faith in humanity is restored. But then comes person number 51. <laughs> Barista says, sir, the person in front of you was kind enough to pay for your coffee today. Shrugs his shoulders and he goes, oh, cool, thanks. Takes the coffee, books it. Come on, man, what are you doing? We had a good thing going on here. Is there no kindness in your heart? Look deep inside, dude. He just drives off. I mean, think about it. We had 50 people each giving $3 each, right? According to my calculations, it's about $150 donated for other people just that morning, right? This is a great thing. Or is it? If we look at it a little closer, we have the first man who pays for his coffee and for somebody else behind him. Then the next person receives a free coffee and then pays for the next person. So basically, he's paying for his own coffee just in a delayed order. And then the last person, the person who receives the kindness, the person that this kindness is supposed to be for, takes the coffee and everybody looks at him like some unkind, morally bankrupt coffee grinch, <laughs> right? So we have one person actually performing a service that takes sacrifice from him, 49 people going through the motions, feeling good about something they think they did, and then one person being penalized for actually accepting the kindness. I don't know about you guys, but I see a little bit of a problem with that. And I think today when we think of kindness, we have a little bit of a skewed view of what it means to be kind. But fortunately, we're going to talk in our message today about what kindness really is. Coincidence? I don't think so. How come? Because I wrote the message. <laughs> All right, now let's, let's look at our text. Let's read together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right? These are the fruits of the Spirit that we bear when we are connected to Christ the vine. Right, That people witness us bearing to the benefit of their lives so they know that we are Christ's true disciples. If we get into our text uh, today in Acts, right, we see Peter walking uh, up to the synagogue and at the gate he sees a lame man, lame from birth. And he says, I cannot give you any money. That I don't have. But what I can give you is this. You are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Right? And so the man stands up. He jumps and he shouts and he is celebrating right on his way to the temple, praising God for what had happened. 
right? That was pretty nice of Peter. Peter's a pretty good guy. You'd think he'd get a little bit of a shout out, but no. The man is praising God in the courtyard. And the people can see him uh, joyously worshiping God, thanking him for what has happened, right? And you can only imagine what's going through their minds at the time, seeing him celebrate like a madman, right? What do they think about uh, Peter? What do they think about the man? And what do they think about the God they worship, whose amazing power has made this possible, right? That's pretty big to people who see that. Then later in the chapter, Peter is confronted by the elders, and they say, by whose name are you healing people? On whose authority are you doing this? They're just making sure Peter is acting kosher, as they say. And Peter says, know this, this man was healed by no other authority and by no other name than Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Peter wants no credit. He doesn't want any of the praise. He gives it all to God. As long as Peter can get out of the way of what God's doing, he's all set that day. And when we go on about this uh, analogy about weepers to leapers in this series, right, people see Peter, and they see that he is connected to the vine, and he is actually bearing fruit, fruit that benefits the people around him, right? Fruit that is visible to others, fruit that points to God so that people know that he, Peter, is legit. He's an actual disciple of the true and living God, properly nourished and cared for. Now, all this talk about fruit in the series, right? We say, what does this fruit actually look like? Specifically when we talk about kindness. And when we think about kindness today, we might think kindness is smiling at somebody as they walk by or occasionally holding the door open randomly, as they say, or just carrying yourself with a friendly, non-threatening demeanor. But when we take this version of kindness, this definition, right, we need to realize that this is the most reduced form of the word that you can find. And in the reduction of the word over time, we lose some important meaning. If we look at the Greek word, right, I'm not going to have you read through it, but if we look at the word in the New Testament as it is written, the word for kindness, what it actually translates to is working for the benefit of your neighbor, right? Being useful and fulfilling your purpose to those around you in acts of service and moral righteousness. That's a lot more than smiling at people and holding doors open when it's convenient, right? So, with this new definition, actually, it's the old definition, but with the true definition, the true uh, words that that actually conveys, we have kindness being something that we do sacrificially, that takes something out of us, that we bring to the table, that clearly and visibly lifts up our neighbor to make a positive difference in their lives, right? Again, a lot more than the word conveys today as we say it. Now, we know what the fruit looks like, but what's the purpose of the fruit of kindness? As most of us know, we are justified before God on account of the work and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Through Christ, God sees us as righteous, and we are his good, just, forgiven people in God's eyes. 
That is fantastic. I'm not here to reduce that. But the thing is, once we're forgiven and we're justified, life goes on, right? Life's not over and, hey, you're good. Don't worry about it, right? We still live in the world. And in this world, we have duties and responsibilities, and we live in community with our neighbors who need things from us, right? Those are just the duties that we have. And God calls us to be in good standing, not only with him, but in good standing with those around us. We need to prove ourselves to the world. And to give you a little illustration, uh, hear this. A wife is trying to clean the house. She's just swamped. And she goes to her husband and she says, honey, trash is piling up everywhere. You know, please help me. Take the trash out. Get a little organized. I really need this from you, right? So he says, you know what? It's no problem. I'll do it. And he's thinking in the back of his head, you know what? I will do it. I'll just do it in a little bit. So he goes into the garage and he starts working on his hobby car, which we all know is never going to run, right? And a few hours later, he finishes up his work and he's thinking, man, it's, uh, it's pretty late. Forgot to take the trash out. I wonder what my wife's been up to. So he waits a little bit and then he comes into the house and she says, well, what happened? I'm still swamped. The trash is here. And he says, I know this looks bad. I know I did uh, something I wasn't supposed to, right? But right before I came in, I went to God in prayer. And I asked him to forgive me for the sins that I committed against you. And you won't believe God in his mercy has found it in his heart to forgive me. And I stand before you, a righteous and just man in God's eyes once again. And his wife goes, well, that's great. And I'm not saying it's not true. But what am I going to do about all this trash, man? Do your job. Right? Just because we're in good standing with God doesn't mean that we're in good standing with our wife or with our neighbor, with our coworkers, or with the rest of the world as a whole. We need to prove ourselves as just before the world. Right? There's nothing we can do to earn God's, uh, God's favor right? or uh, be just in front of him. But in front of the world, yes, we can. And we do that through kindness, through the sacrificial service towards others so that the world can see who we are as just Christian people. And if we fail to do that, it has some pretty significant consequences. If we act towards our neighbor, right, against his benefit, or even just neutral to it, being indifferent about it, we're not acting for his benefit, and that is unkind in the sense that we have just uncovered. And if we fail to act unkindly, the people of the world will assume that the God we worship is as dead and lifeless as we are. And that's a heavy consequence because those who don't know God look at us and they see two things. They see Christian and they see unkind. Now we might say, hey, this person is acting unkind even though they're a follower of Christ, even though they're a Christian. Not because they're a Christian, you're getting it wrong. But somebody who doesn't know God and doesn't know what we believe in won't know the difference. They will see Christian and unkind, right? And the consequence mentioned before is too heavy. That's something that we can't afford and it's not something that we're called to do by God. So kindness needs to abound in the world through us. And this kindness ties together with love that we heard about, the other fruit of the Spirit. And Christ calls us to act 
in love through kindness, through acts of service, and through works towards our neighbor. And when we read our uh, gospel for today, Jesus says, whatever you did for me, right? When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. And when I needed clothing, you clothed me. And his disciples will say, Jesus, when did any of this happen? What are you talking about? And he says, whatever you do for the least of your brothers and sisters, of my brothers and sisters, you have done for me. Now, we know Jesus as the good shepherd. That's one of his names in Scripture, right? And the shepherd knows his sheep. He knows their wants. He knows their needs. He knows when they cry out in distress, right? The sheep are a shepherd's livelihood. And Jesus is making a separation between sheep and the goats, right? He's saying, when the Son of Man returns, I will separate the two. What's the difference between sheep and goats? What does Jesus mean, right? Sheep are not that smart of animals, if you heard Pastor Steve talking about them the other week, right? They tend to huddle together. They're herd animals. And they like to be led by the shepherd. They need the shepherd as he is their livelihood as well. Goats, on the other hand, are a little smarter than sheep. They go out on their own. They're the lone wolf of cattle, the bad boys, right? So they go out, they explore for themselves, and they live life not following, but acting on their own account and for their own benefit. And Jesus is saying, whatever you do for my sheep, for my people, right? They are my livelihood. You are doing for me for the benefit of the shepherd. And those who live in community as sheep together, lifting each other up in service, are followers of me. And I will lead them to a place prepared at the beginning of time, a place where you will share in my joy, in my love, in eternity. And those who think that their intellect, their smartness, will lead them to a way that goes above God's way, they will lead themselves to another place and they will go astray. Right? Jesus wants to lead us to this place. Now, when we act in kindness to take care of the flock, to take care of the sheep, and to take care of Christ, right? What does this actually look like? This doesn't mean that you buy a $3 coffee for somebody pulling up to a coffee shop drive through in a suburban in an upper-class neighborhood, right? They don't need that. Serving and kindness are not just some mindless, random gesture that we do to restore faith in humanity. Kindness is working in sacrificial service as we give our time, our money, our, you know, our, our rest, our passion, and our other resources sacrificially towards others. We invest them in the people around us. And should we expect a good return from people on that investment? No. Almost never happens. But we don't do it because we get something back. We do it to the glory of God and to the welfare of our neighbors. Right? We do it to be a light to the people around us, a light that is pointing to Christ so that they have a tangible, graspable image of the work that God is doing, reaching into our lives for the benefit of all people on earth, not just the sheep in the fold, but the lost ones 
as well. And when people see us acting in this way, it will speak volumes to them, not only about our character, about who we are, but about the God that we worship, about his power as he acts in the world, right? They will know that God is the one, that there is salvation through nobody else, that hope and trust don't belong placed with somebody else, right? So as we act in kindness, we do it with that in mind. Will you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, Christ, who paid the ultimate kindness for us. We thank you for revealing your word to us today so that we discover what kindness truly is. And in this week and our lives to come, keep us in remembrance that kindness is sacrificial service for the good of your people, visual service that is lifting them up so people know by our fruits that you are God and that we are your people. Give us your spirit so that we may abide in you, bearing this fruit and being a light to those around us. In Christ's name we pray, amen.